What is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SB Nation. And it is a holiday edition of the Bucks Nation podcast, even though uh, the Bucks <clears throat> might be on the naughty list this year uh, for good old St. Nick. But we will look back at what a weird game it was this past Sunday at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then we will look ahead to a Christmas night showdown against the Arizona Cardinals. Before we get to all that, let's get the social reminders out of the way. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Bucks Nation is on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, including Christmas night. Our great writers are going to be doing great work over there on Christmas, taking time out of their holiday to write up wraps and things like that for you on Christmas night. And as always, you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He's with me every single week. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy early birthday to the one, the only, Len Martez. What's up, man? How happy of a birthday will it be on Christmas Day <laughs> when the Bucks play that night? Actually, it'd be pretty cool because they're going to be seven and eight after Sunday. All right, Lynn, I asked you what? Couple... No, no, no breaking headlines tune. No, <laughs> no, no CNN. <laughs> wow. CNN. Oh. Len Martez says the Bucks are going to win on Sunday night. I haven't Santa, made that prediction in a long time. Santa put a little positivity in Len Martez's stocking. It's the but... holiday season, man. It's the time to give. I'm All right, let's you, see. I'm giving the book Bucks a little confidence, a little, you know, a little love. That'll be it after this year. All right, so let's uh, let's see if you're positive about this. Oh hell no, I'm done with the positivity. A couple, <laughs> a couple positivity of, is over. A couple of weeks ago, when the Bucks had that resounding uh, comeback victory over the New Orleans Saints, I asked you if you took more from that game, the comeback in the final two minutes, or what happened for the first 90% of that football game. This past Sunday, the Bucks dominated what you could argue is the hottest team in the NFL for the first half. And then the second half happened and it wasn't too close and the Bucks fall to 6 and 8 to the Cincinnati Bengals. When do you take from Sunday more how the Bucks were able to play in the first half or how they completely fell apart in the second half. Don't play with me, man. Don't play with me. See, this is real easy. Even for you, this is easy. You want to know why? Because the Bucs have shown <laughs> you all me. season long. Even for you, this is easy. The Bucs <laughs> have shown you all season long that they're that team that played the first 58 minutes against New Orleans. They've showed you that all season long. On Sunday, they had that first half. Eh, 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 eh. That first half was an anomaly. That's not the team that they've been all season long. So that's why I said it's easy, even for you. Because consistently, why? They've shown you the bad side. Consistently, they have not shown you the good side that showed up on Sunday. And granted, as well as they played against a quality opponent, 
They've only done that once. <laughs> One time. That's why it's easy. Consistency, dude. What have you shown me consistently? It's like our friendship. I've consistently carried this friendship. Oh, I've consistently go. showed you the good side, all right? I'm the good brother. <laughs> consistently, I've shown you what a good friend can be, all right? Ask your little daughter. Uncle Lenny's a good man. Consistently, I've shown you that. The flip side is, again, when it comes to the Bucks and that first half on Sunday and the first 30 minutes, and as good as it was, I mean, they ran 40 plays on, on Sunday in the first half. The Bengals ran 20. Forget the 17-3 lead that they had. I mean, it was impressive. Um, and, and the points matter. But that's what was impressive to me, the fact that they outplayed that Bengals team, like I said, outplayed them. You could basically say they, they pretty much doubled up everything that they did, right? With the exception yeah. of the scoreboard. They led by 14 points. But again, that's not the team that they've shown you all season long. That's not that team. And they showed you in the second half, maybe not as bad as they've shown you on Sunday, but they're a bad football team. And they show you glimpses of it on Sunday. What did they do so right in the second half? And other than just being more consistent, is there any way that they can look back at the film and say, we did this right and carry it into the last three games of the season where they're going to be playing bad football teams? Well, play calling could be one thing that they could, they could certainly take moving forward. Because they were things that they, they didn't do all season long. I mean, Jim Nance and Phil Sims were talking about it watching the game. I mean, I'm sorry, Jim Nance and Tony Romo were talking about it watching the game. Man, I took it back like five, six years. Woo! <laughs> Phil Sims, he was the number one analyst still. Uh, no, Romo and, and Nance talked about it in regards to oh, play action. Bucks are doing play action? Yeah, play action. And see, here's the thing that people need to realize, and maybe some do, the fact that play action what does it work? It works when you have a running game. <laughs> okay. So when you're going the first eight, nine, 10 games into the season and you're averaging, averaging historical lows, right? 67, 70 rushing yards per game. You can't play action. Who's going who's, who's gonna to bite on that crap? Right? It's not like you're playing eight men in the box. Because they can't run the football. So what happened on Sunday is reflection of somewhat of what they've been able to do recently. Why? <laughs> and and I, look, I'll get that humble pie. Eat that crow, Len. Rashad White. That's why. Okay. That's why the ability to run the football with that guy in the backfield. And we can talk about whether it's because Fournette's been banged up or the fact that White, White is probably slightly more explosive than Fournette is behind that offensive line, and you need that. Okay, He's simply playing better than him right now, especially if you look back, back at this past Sunday. Again, I, 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 I'll, give, I'll give Lenny a little leeway, Lenny leeway, uh, and I'll say the fact that maybe he's banged up. Okay, fine. If he is, he is. But the thing is, is that when you're playing behind that offensive line, you know what you need? You need a guy that's going to run north and south 
and and gonna have some some shift, not a whole lot, but some shift. And the thing about the the crow that I'll say that I eat when Rashad has those days is the fact that I said this guy's gonna run between the tackles. Couldn't he do it in college. He's gonna do it in the pros. Yes, Lenny Martez. He's doing it in the pros and he's doing it well. For you, what was the turning point of the football game? What what was the point where you're like, not just this is going to be an interesting second half, but the Bucks are probably going to lose this game? Was it the fake punt, not a fake punt, Geo's fault, like whatever the heck that was? Was that it, or was it something else? Um, I, I look. The easy thing would be to say it was it was the fake punt. You know, it changed the momentum of the game, and and it kind of gave the Bengals a spark or a bigger spark than just getting those three points at the end of the half. Thing about it, we need to remember too, is that the fact that the Bucks scored three of their first four possessions, first half, right? Not enough talk is made about the fact that the second half they didn't do much offensively until the end of the game. Now, some might say, well, maybe it was because of the turnovers. I get that. I understand that. But then you can't hang your hat on a fourth down play that was unsuccessful and only gave the Bengals that momentum to score those, those seven points. Yeah, it shifted the game. I'm not denying that. But, man, you still had an opportunity to win that football game because, again, you were successful. Three of the first four drives. First half. Okay, you scored. All right? If you rebound from that, from that missed opportunity – to get a fake uh, fake punt, then you're able to say, okay, we rebounded from that. There have been plenty of times watching this team be successful since Tom Brady's been here where stuff like that with the fake punt has happened. I'm not saying so much that, that dramatic where everyone saw it, but there have been times where this team's had turnovers and, and had bounced back from turnovers. Come on, man. That's look, at, look, at, look at most re- as recent as the Seattle game that – Four net interception, throwing it to Brady, and they pulled themselves together and won. That's fine, yeah, and that and that's fine. You can bring you can bring it. Up. I'm talking more in terms of winning football teams and winning seasons. All right, you can't tell me doing that one when they won ten straight at the end of the year to win a Super Bowl that there wasn't a time during them their playoff games that they had a turnover and they had a they had a rebound from that turnover. Look okay? at the Washington game, the Green Bay game. Pick yeah. one as anyone. Yeah. Okay, they could have they rebounded from. Having a turnover or having a miscue have an effect where momentum was gained by the other team. The Bengals grabbed momentum from that from that fake field goal, fake punt thing. All right? I get it. I understand it. But damn if they weren't able to rebound from those things in previous years. And that's the thing. Again, that gave the Bengals some momentum. But there have been plenty of times over the last couple of years before this year that the Bucks were able to grab momentum back. And they didn't do it on Sunday. So you want to blame the fake punt? That's fine. But damn, like I said, there have been plenty of times where they had an opportunity to grab some momentum, all right, previous years, and they've done it. Is that coaching? No, it's just it's just a matter of – no, it's not coaching, dude. It's just a matter of the Is fact it just that, kind of the snowball effect no, of, dude, of how this matter, season is gone? No, it's just a matter of what players make plays. Make plays, all right. Make plays, whether it's whether it's make the key block, whether it's make the key throw, 
make the key catch, whatever it is. All right. Figure out the fact that third down conversions, all right, previous years, that's when you grab the momentum back. All right, you're on the next drive. All right, there's a third down that comes up. All of a sudden, boom. All right, third and seven, third and nine. Somebody makes a big play, somebody makes a big run, whatever it is. All right, you pick up a block, you pick up a blitz, whatever it is. Players make plays. And unfortunately, this year, they haven't made enough of those plays. And that's the reason why they are a team that's two games under 500, all right? And going to end up this year under 500. Yeah, I said it. They're going to lose another one. One of these three games, they're going to lose. And they're going to finish under 300. I mean, 500. Was the fake punt specifically, what's your take on what happened? Was it all? Was it actually called a fake punt? Was Did Geo make a mistake and – get to the ball when he wasn't supposed to like what's your take on that and if it was called like how damning of an indictment is that on bowls is he getting desperate at this point i wouldn't i wouldn't say that the first your your last question first i I wouldn't see that i wouldn't see that as desperate because if it worked the people would be and they won that football game people would be applauding him all right sean payton wasn't desperate when he when he Onside kick that started the second half in the Super Bowl. All right, he just took a chance. I think this do- is different. Different situation. I understand it's a different situation, but the bottom line is coaches make those decisions to make to make those plays. All right, if it worked and they won that football game, people people will be. I'm not. I don't know so much to be applauding Todd Bowles, but they might be throwing a couple of rose petals at his feet because he had the gall to to make that call. But as far as the calls concerned. Here's the thing, and Gio in the post game in the locker room after finally talking to the media said all his fault. He might have been a little bit of, I don't know, uh, Marshawn Lynch, you know, type responses. You're being sarcastic. Oh, that's fine. I don't know if it's sarcastic is the right word. He was just being more, more standoffish more than anything else. Yeah, the way, yeah, the way yeah. He was. Well, he was just constantly giving you the same response. But the same response was, it was just fault. All right? Now, you ask, was it a fake punt? <laughs> Montez got a simple rule, man. Yeah, I'm talking in the third person. Simple rule. <laughs> the majority rules. All right? And when I watch that play and watch it over and over and over, you know what I see? I see everyone on an offensive line doing what? Going forward. You know what that means? That's a fake, dude. All right? Because if you're just punting the football, there's no need to go forward. You're just standing there blocking, dude, blocking. It's the difference between pass protection, all right, like a punt, or run blocking, like a running play. And that's exactly what those guys were doing on that offensive line, on that fake punt. They were going forward like a fake. <laughs> there ain't no denying that. All right? So whether people want to say, hey, it wasn't a fake. Oh, it was a miscommunication. I can tell you one thing. Everybody else got the call. <laughs> I, don't want to spend a too, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's dominated Buccaneers social media this oh, week. Oh, no, don't but- go there. Okay, I was gonna ask if you had any take on the on what 
on that post, the locker room exchange between Gio, Jenna Lane, and other members of the media. Uh, I will say this, that like our opinion is going to be a little don't go there, You go there. Okay. Go well, I, I mean, ahead, I already go. started to talk go. about it, so I, ahead, have to, so I have to at least finish the thought. Well, I, yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, even before you started getting into the thought, see, before you even got, grabbed the keys to the car, I said, don't go there. But go ahead. You got the keys in the hand. Go ahead and start it up. Go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flat out say that I think both sides definitely could have handled the the situation a little differently and I mean I'll say that I know how cer- those me- certain members of the media approach things more than I know Gio Bernard so because when I was in the locker room on a daily basis Gio wasn't in Tampa so I can't I can't fully lean into knowing him i will say that him the excuse of where have you talked to me all year like when you're part of the story that's when you're going to be taught of course you should expect to be talked to you after most, what happened you, you were doing so well you but, were doing, you were doing so well and i was going to apologize to you when you said both sides could have handled things differently and you could have ended it right there just stop the car dude yeah but then you want to drive around in a circle but, drive around but, drive around but, GPS not working, just but ride around, certain ride things, around. certain things that certain things that were said to him and the tone of certain things could have been handled differently as well. Okay. Hopefully and he can handle it differently, like you just said. Yeah. So both sides could have handled it differently. Here's what I'll tell you. All right. Now that you got me in the car, we're driving around. <laughs> all right. Here's what I'll tell you. And I totally agree 100 percent And like I said, I was going to apologize how you just said just that. Both sides could have handled it differently. Because I agree, both sides could have handled it differently. But here's the thing that most people don't know. And I'm not I'm not passing this off in regards to the two people that are involved or the three people that were involved in this when it comes to the clip that we see on social media. I know you you and I both know Greg. We know Jenna Lane, and they pretty much were like the stars of that video, along with Gio Bernard. Okay. I don't know that those people have like a a, a, a bad bone in their body when it comes to stuff like this. All right. I've known them long enough to know that. I would trust them in regards to handling a situation well. All right. Now, could they make a mistake? Yeah. And maybe on Sunday they did. Here's one thing that people don't realize, though. All right? When you're a reporter, when you're covering the team, when you're covering the game on a Sunday or whatever day they play, all right, you're sitting there for four quarters. All right. Not to mention the time that you spent prior to doing all the things you do prior to preparing for the game social media, whatever it is, lining everything up, all right? You're spending all this time, all right, watching four quarters of the game. Boom, game's over. All of a sudden, man, you're rushing out. You're doing all these different things. You got a deadline. Everyone has their own deadlines, right? I don't care if you're TV, radio, uh, social media, uh, if you're if you're working for a, a, a internet site, all right, a paper, print, all that stuff. Everyone has their deadlines, all right? So you're trying to make those deadlines. Uh, you're trying to get as much information as you possibly can to provide to who? Bucks Nation. We are the nation of domination, all right? You're trying to get all that information you want to get. Point is, is that everyone is on edge, dude. Everyone is yeah. on edge. And as much, I'm not telling you we're not. We're football players when we're covering the football game. Heck no, no, absolutely not. 100%. No, 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 no. 
I'm just telling you from the standpoint of a professional who's in that business from the media standpoint, all right, you're on edge to get everything you possibly can to get all the videos, to not miss on anything, to get information. And yes, at that standpoint, you can argue that that was the biggest play of the game. And to talk to that one player who was involved in the biggest play of the game, everyone wanted to talk to that guy. What would it be like if, if people didn't talk to that guy? What would everyone be saying? Okay? What would everyone be saying outside of Tampa Bay? How the hell did they not talk to Gio Bernard? Okay? I've heard, of, he, I've heard it, it plenty of times. Plenty of times where I've, I've sat in, in those rooms, all right? In those press conferences, all right? And this is a national story. You can say whatever you want from a, being a Tampa Bay story. It's a national story. And I'm not talking about the drama in the, in the locker room afterwards. I'm talking about the actual play. That was one of the biggest plays on Sunday. You got a Bengals team that won, what, five games in a row that, that was winning the way they were winning on the road and, and playing as well as they're playing and potentially being, again, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AFC. And you're going into a game against Tom Brady? There's a reason why that game was on Fox. Oh, I'm sorry, on CBS at 4 o'clock. All right? Why? Brady, Burrow, Brady, Burrow. All right? Every game that Tom Brady plays. By the way, Christmas night, what game is it? Bucks, Cardinals. Sunday night football. Who's the first team? Bucks. Six and eight, and the Bucks are on Sunday night. Okay? They matter. As long as 12 is here, they matter. So, again, that play was a national story. It would have came out on Monday, all right, had they not tried to talk to him. What are the Tampa Bay media doing? People that cover that game, they couldn't talk to Gio Bernard? Yeah. They were going to go and talk to this guy. And, yes, I mean, could have been handled better on both sides? Absolutely. But for folks who say, oh, he doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't talk to you. Dude, even if he doesn't want to talk to you, as a professional doing your job, you got to try. <laughs> and if he and – and this is a home game. If he leaves that locker room and you talk to the Bucks media relations staff, like, he's not coming back. It's not an away game where he's just waiting for the bus. If he leaves that locker room, you're not getting that story that night. You're going to have to wait till during the week. So that was – part of it too and them still trying to get the get the story in the locker room it doesn't matter home or way even if he's waiting by the bus that's not access no 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 i know i'm just saying that there's there's more of a chance that if you go to the media relations staff and you say we really want to talk to geo can you bring him back there might be a better chance of them bringing him back if it's a road game than if it's a home game that's what i'm saying yeah true but the circumstances are professionally he's in the locker room all right, that's your access to him. And it's called open locker room for a reason. Yeah, yeah that's your access. Now, do, is it is it necessary that every player talk? Hell nope. no. I've been, in, I've been too many locker rooms, okay? Post game in the open locker room where players that were part of a play, maybe, maybe not that big or as big, who knows? But I've been in plenty of locker rooms where guys didn't talk. All right. This isn't the Super Bowl where they set you up, you know, 
post game and you're sitting up on a, on a panel, you know, you're sitting in a little booth and you're, you know, you got to sit there and you got to deal with the media because you fumbled and didn't attack the football the way you should have attacked the football. And instead your team lost a football game and the guy who recovered the fumble won the, won the Super Bowl MVP. All right. It's not one of those situations where they, they put you in, in, a, in an area and you talk to the media. No, you're in an open locker room, as you mentioned, and you have an opportunity to attempt to talk to someone. But I'll say it again for everyone that's like, well, I got to talk to him. Why do I have to talk to him? Because that's their job, dude. They have to make an attempt to talk to him. Because again, it's a national, this is a national story. That play was a national, had a national significance on an NFL Sunday. And if they didn't try to attempt to, everybody outside of Tampa Bay would have been like, what the hell's wrong with the Tampa Bay media not talking to Gio Bernard? Let's talk about Cincinnati for a second before we move on to the Christmas night game. You mentioned Cincinnati might be the best team in the AFC. Like where, where do you put Cincinnati in the AFC rankings right now? Earlier in the season, we would not have had them there with Buffalo and Kansas City. At times in the AFC, Miami might have been up there as that third team. Has Cincinnati really reasserted themselves with Buffalo and Kansas City as the three true Super Bowl contenders in that conference? Yes. And I'll tell you why. It's not <sighs> quarterback play matters. All three of those teams have the quarterback that could easily be hoisting the Lombardi. Let's say that. All right. Let, 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 let's, let's not even fake the funk. One guy already made it to the Super Bowl and lost in Joe Burrow. All right. And Josh Allen's been kicking and scratching and screaming and kicking at kicking at the door to make it to a Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes obviously won a Super Bowl. So when you talk about quarterback play, those three guys already have it. Those teams have it. The thing that I say put Cincinnati up there with the other two teams is that neither one of these teams, neither of these teams, I should say, neither of these teams separate themselves in one area that I think is very important. And that's defense, dude. They don't separate themselves. All right. Kansas City has its moments. They can get to the quarterback. They put a lot of money into that defensive line. All right. Buffalo, the secondary's solid, but Von Miller just went out. And Ed Oliver is trying to hold it together himself on that defensive line. And then when it comes to Cincinnati, I mean, you watched them on Sunday in that first half. They got pushed around a whole lot on Sunday, all right, with the makeshift offensive line that the Bucs have. So that's the one area that all three teams, in my eyes, kind of have you wondering who's the better of the three. Because, you listen, we can line up 100 people, all right, solid NFL fans, and ask them to pick one of these three quarterbacks, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. I mean, the percentage is going to be crazy. People are going to take, you know, who they like, who they who they think is the best. But I don't think one guy is like, oh, it's going to be 90, 90% Mahomes, 10% Allen, and 1% Burrow, you know, 9% Allen, and 1% Burrow. No. You, you, you do a family feud poll and say, take one of these three quarterbacks, and I think it'll be pretty balanced. Maybe, maybe you I might think they lean to, Mahomes a little on. bit. I'm getting ready to tell you that. You might say one guy will stick out more than the other guy, 
because Mahomes, again, flashy guys, won a Super Bowl, and, and the other two guys haven't. And you might say, well, Burrow, you know, he's, he's still on the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, or something along those lines where he's not the guy that the other two guys are, where Mahomes could, at some games, has led his team in rushing, all right? You already know Allen's doing that. Burrow's not that guy. So some people might, you know, like I said, lean towards the other two. But Burrow's going to have his votes, all right? You poll 100 people, he may, he's still probably going to have 20 of them tell him, say, I want that guy. I say it all the time. Bad football teams lose to bad football teams. The Bucs have lost this year to a bad Pittsburgh team. They've lost to a bad Carolina team. At the beginning of this show, you said the Bucs are going to be 7-8 and eight after Sunday when they play on the road in Arizona on Christmas night. And especially without Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals are a bad football team. Why are you so confident in the Bucs this Sunday? Because they're playing a backup quarterback, and they better win on Sunday. I mean, you talk about winning. I mean, this is a team that's lost to PJ Walker. I already know. Lost to Mitchell Trubisky coming into the game. I'm just asking why. What makes you confident in this one, where you haven't been? Like you weren't even that confident in talking about the Bucks against Andy Dalton in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Because come on, man. You talk about New Orleans. Okay, okay. You're gonna compare New Orleans and Cardinals. I'm just bringing that up as a as a most. That's not not a benchmark. That's not a good benchmark. Use another benchmark. Right. You were doing I mean, well. let, let's talk. You let's talk about well. the let's talk about the Pittsburgh game. You were doing well. You were doing well with the Panthers and the Pittsburgh game. You were doing yeah. well with that. Don't bring up. Don't bring up the Saints. I could quarterback the Saints and they, and they and they we'd win the game. All right, that's number one. Number number two is, all right. You're right. What's the difference now? There's only one difference. All right, <laughs> jobs. <laughs> jobs are on the line. And I'm not just talking about the coaching staff. I'm talking about everyone. See, look, week seven, week eight, week nine, you can get away with that weak crap. I almost said the S word. <laughs> you can get away with that weak crap, okay? Like I said, when you're just waddling through the season, all right? Week 16, dude, you're two games under 500, all right? This is your opportunity to at least start the process in regards to finishing over 500. All right? Now, we already know. You got to take it week to week, week to week. You got to take it week to week, week to week to week. Many times I heard that crap. BS. All right? <laughs> BS. I don't care what anybody says. The Advent Health Training Center within that building, they're thinking about, oh, we better win the next three to finish nine and eight. Okay? Whether it's players and coaches, coaches and players, whomever. You might think in terms of you can't look past Sunday. And you know what? You shouldn't look past Sunday based off of what this team has done this year. But here's the thing. Again, all right? It's not week eight. It's not week nine. This is when you have to win football games, week 16. Because if you don't do it now, you are going to be without a job. And again, I'm not just talking about coaches. I'm talking about players, too. And again, I'll say it. I think that the game is important for momentum, but I said it last week, and I'll say it again. The result of this game doesn't matter in terms of the Bucs winning the division because the last two games are what matters. Because last week, 
Carolina and Atlanta both had chances to against bad football teams to say, you know what, we're going to be tied with the Bucs. We're going to put more pressure on them where this game will matter. But no, they lost. So the Bucs still have a one-game lead on the division. If they win those last two games, they go to the playoffs as NFC South champions, win back-to-back division titles for the first time in the history of the franchise. So, but it is important. And I agree with you. And finishing above 500 should be important to this football team. That's fine. You can talk about the division. I'm telling you right now, this is about jobs, okay? You can say the same thing for Arizona too, though, in terms of jobs. I'm not in Arizona. I'm not worried about the Cardinals. Okay. I'm worried about the Bucks. I keep telling you, you, you need to worry about what's happening in your house before you start <laughs> worrying about your neighbors, all right? You got to worry about what's going on inside your own damn house, all right? Fix your own place before you worry about what's going on outside. Ah, the neighbor's lights look very nice this Christmas. No, worry about your own damn lights, all right? That's number one. Here's the thing, okay? You can talk about winning the division, all right? And that's salvaging something, all right? And not needing this game. I just told you, okay? Nine and eight, eight and nine. Whether it's Arians, Cutter, all the other coaches that we covered here in Tampa Bay. When the season was on the end and they were seven and eight, what did they all talk about? Winning that last game. Why? To finish eight and eight, to finish 500 as opposed to what? Seven and nine. Better taste in your mouth. They all said it. All right. So again, you want to talk about the last two games, and that's fine. But if they lose on Sunday, you know what they're short of? Not finishing over 500. Okay, so Sunday matters. And I'm going to tell you again, it matters not only because of that, but for jobs. Everyone talks about the coaching staff changing. Guess what happens when the coaching staff changes? The roster changes. Okay, players are playing for their jobs. Granted, NFL every offseason, 20, 25% at least teams, rosters change. You know what changes more percentage-wise? When coaches change, when they get fired, when other coaches come in. I don't like Leonard Fournette. Boom. I don't like Donovan Smith. Boom. Okay? You might say, yo, that's kind of Jason Light's area. Yeah? It's also going to be the, the new head coach's area, too, when he sits down with Jason Light and he says, hey, <laughs> this guy don't fit into my plans. Boom. Really quickly, because because we're clo- we're cutting it close on time here. You talked about the Bucks not really having a chance against good football teams. We talked about who the good football teams are in the AFC. With the injury to Jalen Hurts, the inconsistency of Minnesota and Dallas, and the fact that uh, San Francisco has a Mister Irrelevant at quarterback, who's the favorite in the NFC right now? I mean, but let's not let's not forget that we've got a certain Fu Manchu quarterback who's going to take over the reins and, which, and which, Philly which, by for the a way, little bit. First off, he's not even sure to play. But secondly, I'm glad you brought him up <laughs> because there was a time <laughs> when you said that he was going to be the number one quarterback in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the guy who actually is the number one quarterback is the leading candidate for the MVP. 
Well, maybe we'll get into a little bit of MVP chat next yeah. week because some people yeah. – it's an interesting race because yeah. usually when guys get injured, they don't have a chance. Look at the Heisman Trophy race this season. Should Jalen Hurts be penalized? We'll have to talk about that next week. And if his team finishes with one loss this year, he's the MVP. Hopefully, we'll be talking about Santa Claus bringing the Bucks and bringing Bucks Nation a victory on Christmas night. Until then, I hope if you celebrate Hanukkah that you're having a happy Hanukkah this week. If you celebrate Christmas, have a very Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa will have started by the next time that we talk to you. So I hope you're all having a very happy holiday season you and yours until next week check out bucksnation.com for the latest and greatest on your tampa bay buccaneers follow lynn on twitter at elmar810 and follow me on twitter at td experience merry christmas this has been downey and martez a bucks nation podcast happy holidays bucks nation we are the nation of domination do 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 <laughs>